politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to guard and protect our liberties, to protect our lives. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house here at CR Podcast, Blaze Media for Tuesday, May 11th. And folks, we are under attack, under a barrage. There's a lot of talk about what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in Israel with uh, his uh, Palestinian rocket launchers attacking Jerusalem. Um, it's funny, you know, they don't uh, get down from a pandemic. They don't stop their their economy, which is uh, terrorism. They keep that flowing. Now, while we don't have rockets raining in our communities, we have something worse than that. See, a rocket can't destroy a civilization. It can't destroy humanity. What we have going on is an attack on everything. It's an attack on our border. The border is worse than ever, by the way. We have maybe not rockets, but shootings, beatings everywhere in our cities. We have sadistic scientific medical lies causing people the worst mix of the maximum number of people to die, both from COVID and the response to it, based on the tyranny that they're imposing on us. We'll talk about that a little later today. We have experimentation on 12-year-olds for an mRNA for a virus that doesn't affect them. We have inflation now going up everywhere. Nothing, no such thing as a free lunch. They shove free stuff at people, trillions of dollars, make everyone dependent, take everyone out of the workforce, and whoops, now everything under the sun is so much money. I didn't get a chance to even buy my car before my first front sight trip in uh, April, and then by the time I came back, prices are as much as 1500 more within a week. And this is everything. Now there's questions, are we going to have gas lines in this country? So in many ways, what's happening to this country is even more existential than what's happening in Israel, except it's all from within. The terrorists aren't Hamas or Islamic Jihad here. The terrorists are the governing ruling class that needs to be removed. Now, folks, for today's sponsor, we have a brand new sponsor I'd love to welcome, AR-500 Armor. A year ago, I wouldn't have gotten in front of this microphone and told you guys you need to buy ballistic body armor as a civilian. But now I really do believe you need to add this to your protection and your your arsenal of self-defense. So a lot of people are purchasing firearms and ammunition, but with everything going on now, depending on where you're going in your situation, it's good to have on hand. AR-500 armor makes very comfortable options they have a scaling uh, list on their on their website ar500armor.com where you could see uh, the different levels. You know what stops uh, handgun ballistic penetration, then rifle ballistics, uh, different parts of the body. They have good options for concealed carry as well, so you could win that gunfight not just by learning how to properly use the firearm, which we do on our front sight trips, but also. Um, to have that that extra level of protection. Um, it may seem like something you'd never have to do, but folks, trust me, 
it is something worth investing in now. Um, AR-500 armor makes buying body armor easy, approachable, and affordable. You could buy it online. It's shipped straight to your house. I don't believe there's any restrictions in any states on that, at least not as of yet. They have multiple packages built for citizens just like you for varying levels of protection. And best of all, they have put together some packages specifically for this program. So I want you guys to go to ar500armor.com slash Daniel. See their promotion, special pricing. Right now, if you use promo code Daniel, you get 20% off anything in the store. They have a lot of cool apparel and products um, in addition to the body armor as well. You'd want to check that out. Again, put yourself and your family first. Go to ar500armor.com slash Daniel. Put in promo code Daniel. Remember, the best time to prepare was yesterday. The second best time is today. And that's really what it is. We should have been doing everything we're doing politically yesterday. But it's never too late to begin. That's all we have, is the time that God gives us. So we had the news yesterday that CDC and FDA and all these guys are now recommending and approving immediate use of the Pfizer mRNA for 12 to 16-year-olds. Now, any sane person, even if you're the most pro-vaccine and even pro-this-vaccine person around, you'd ask yourself, when have we ever seen such a truncated period? Like, they just announced the trial a few weeks ago. Done. Okay, here. Do it. What is the rush? Why would there be a rush for that? Anyone who is remotely vulnerable to this has had numerous opportunities, ample time to get both shots, plus two weeks waiting afterwards. It's done. It's done. Well, Daniel, I don't know. It's not done. Maybe the vaccine doesn't work. Oh, so then really, if it doesn't work, why are you doing it for kids? So you're saying this is so amazing. It's so efficacious. All return and no risk that we must immediately shove it on kids. So then certainly it works for adults. So then why do we need to shove it on kids? It's done. Anyone who's protected is protected. Mind you, kids don't really spread it to them, but it, even if they did, you're protected. Why the rush? Is that life science directing that, fueling that urge, that alacrity, that obsessive, frantic push, or is it political science? What could possibly motivate that from a medical scientific standpoint? We had private schools, a local private school here was putting out like the second they, they approved it. Oh, we're going to have uh, vaccination sites for the kids. And it's like, do you guys not use your brain for a minute? This is truly sadistic. Patriotic doctors need to stand up to this and say, in our, in our pediatric, you know, pediatric uh, practice, we are not recommending this. We are not administering them. We are going to wait and see. Let's just start with the long-term stuff. We know already that long-term effects, the mammals that were injected with this got autoimmune diseases. And some of them died. We have zero trials on long-term effects by definition, right? Well, Daniel, this is a pandemic. It's such an emergency. We had to get it. Okay, so maybe you could justify that for people who are vulnerable. But for kids. Okay, so off the bat, before anything, you are taking something that is zero risk to children. And you are giving them something where there is no even fake trial long-term. Then you have short-term. I'm going to use, and Dr. Bostom sent me this, I'm going to use Pfizer's own data, okay? Their own, just their own data 
which clearly is is chock full of lies and obviously is the foxes guarding the hen house. By the way, it's funny. So, you know, you could have a trillion studies in ivermectin and it's never good enough for them. But for the vaccines, essentially close to mandating it on everyone, and now even children, you could just push it with nothing. Nothing but their own studies about themselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that really makes sense. But Israel, their data, because they only used Pfizer mRNA, this vaccine, from more than a million people 16 years and older, according to, the, I'm not saying I agree with it, I'm just saying this is their data, you need 28,000 shots to prevent one COVID death. That's their math equation. That's their model. So if, in order to get that one death saved, you need 28,000 um, vaccines. According to their own Pfizer's own trial, this is not Israel, but their own emergency use authorization data from 12 through 15-year-olds, they show one serious adverse event. So it's not just, okay, you had a little rash, you had some fever, we're not, no, we're talking serious, S-A-E, serious adverse event per 333. You extrapolate that and do the math. That means in, if you are vaccinating 28,000 12 to 15-year-olds, you would incur 84 S-A-E, serious adverse events, 84 per one life saved. But that's not even true. Those of you who are smart are probably picking this up as I'm talking. The Israeli data was on adults, meaning adults spread it more, much more, and depending on the age among adults, um, are more at risk to very, 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 very much more at risk. So in other words, think about it. You're only talking about a pool of kids now. So for them, it's nothing. Even the, uh, half the deaths that are attributed to them, CDC admits that there's no evidence that's what killed them. It's even lower than that. It's really next to nothing. And then you might say, well, but it, it saves an adult life. But two things. Number one, kids spread it less. Number two, the adults have already had the opportunity to be vaccinated. They have that. So why, why are you pushing it on the kids? Well, you never be too careful, Daniel. Uh, maybe it doesn't work, but then garbage in, garbage out, it doesn't work on the kids. And it's that efficacious and that much like God's given candy that it has to be shoved on kids, then you're saying it's, it's so efficacious. So adults are protected. So basically you're saying it's to prevent a kid transmitting it to another kid and that kid dying. So that you're going to need a lot more than 28,000 to reach the benchmark of saving one life. It's going to be God knows what is a million, five million, ten million. I don't have the numbers for that. Someone smarter than me could probably work that out and extrapolate that. And I'll try to ask some people to do that for me. You could probably get a rough estimate by dealing with that. But that's their own data of one per 333 serious adverse events, which I'm sure it's going to be a lot more than that. And again, that's short term, not long term. Anyone pushing this, there is a special place in hell for them. It is completely unjustifiable. Now, folks, our other sponsor today is Raycon. You know, I wasn't too into earbuds. I hate, I'm, you know, I kind of have sensory issues, maybe. That's why I hate masks so much. And uh, I always complain about my oldest son. He has crazy sensory issues. And my wife's like, well, yeah, where do you think it comes from? But uh, so I don't like things in my ear. A lot of you have commented. You see me playing with my earpiece when, uh, when I'm on Steve's show. Um, it's just not a good fit. Raycon's wireless earbuds really fit in my ears perfectly. So they'll likely fit well for you. 
A lot of people are distracted nowadays. They're constantly looking at screens. Sometimes it's good to power it off and just listen to your favorite audiobook, music, whatever you listen to. Certainly this podcast. Um, you know, get yourself a pair of Raycon earbuds while you're listening to this show, whether it's on a plane, in a car, or anywhere. There's no dangling wires or stems to get in your way. They therefore work great on a treadmill. They come in stylish colors. Very comfortable, discreet looking as well. Um, they're water and sweat resistant for those of you that have heavy duty workouts. And Bluetooth pairs quickly and seamlessly. It works very well. It has battery life for six hours of playtime. So you can unplug for a long time. And the, the real thing is you're getting a brand name quality product without that premium price. Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you got to do. Go to buyraycon.com slash conservative. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire order. Grab a pair. Grab a spare. 15% off. Go to buy, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash conservative. That's buyraycon.com slash conservative. So, folks, they lie to us about everything. They lie and they lie and they lie. And we're to believe the next thing they say is not a lie. Notice we are this far into the pandemic with 14 months of incontrovertible data. I was writing about this 14 months ago on the following two pillars. Kids are not at risk and outdoor transmission is not a thing. There's no outdoor transmission. And when we say there's no outdoor transmission, it means naturally walking casually outdoors, you're not going to get it. You could find rare instances if you scream in someone's face and get right up to them, which if you're scared about from the virus, you're not going to do. It's possible if that guy has it, you could get it like any anything else. But there is no zero. This is a fact. There is zero outdoor known cases of the billion. Well, no, more than a billion people had it in the world. Several billion people by now. Two, three billion there is not a single documented case of casual outdoor transmission. In comes CDC and tells us a dangerous lie. To this day, they refuse to recognize those two points about outdoor transmission and children. Devastating life and death consequences. Devastating. The fear, the mental health, the lack of exercise, the lack of people going outdoors, the lack of vitamin D, the weight gain. The lives that could have been, at least if you don't want to go indoors, could have been done outdoors by people who refuse to do that. And then the children, my gosh, we can't even quantify the nuclear bomb that we dropped on them and continue to drop on them. They continue to mandate masking outdoors in the heat of summer camp for children playing sports outdoors when they don't have signs and when they're children and it's outdoors and there's no evidence masks work even indoors. And in fact, they do not work. And God knows all the problems that we have. We have time today. I'm going to read to you from a German study. It should scare the hell out of you, the physiological effects of mask wearing. But they continue to lie to us. As Rush Limbaugh would say, David Leonhard of the New York Times committed a random act of journalism titled A Huge Exaggeration. A misleading CDC statistic. When the CDC released new guidelines last month for mask wearing, it announced that less than 10% of COVID-19 transmission was occurring outdoors. 
Media organizations repeated this statistic, and it quickly became a standard description of the frequency of outdoor transmission, meaning 10%. But the number is almost certainly misleading. It appears to be based partly on a misclassification of some COVID transmission that actually took place enclosed, and he writes about that later. An even bigger issue is the extreme caution of CDC officials who picked a benchmark so high that nobody could reasonably dispute it. And they basically quote epidemiologists saying it's likely below 0.1%. And even then, the rare outdoor transmission that has happened almost all seems to have involved crowded places or close conversation, which a person that genuinely is scared but wants to be outdoors could easily avoid that. So it's really 0%. Saying that less than 10% of COVID transmission occurs outdoors is akin to saying that sharks attack fewer than 20,000 swimmers a year. Obviously, in reality, the number worldwide is around 150. It's both true and deceiving at the same time. This isn't just a gotcha math issue. It is an example of how the CDC is struggling to communicate effectively and leaving many people confused about what's truly risky. CDC officials have placed such a high priority on caution that many Americans are bewildered by the agency's long list of recommendations. And, of course, we know this is by design. They continue to treat outdoor transmission as a major risk. They say unvaccinated people should wear masks in most outdoor settings, and vaccinated people should still wear them at large public venues. Summer camps should require children to wear masks virtually all at all times. And that's a quote. These recommendations would be more grounded in science if anywhere close to 10% of COVID transmission were occurring outdoors, but it is not. There is not a single documented COVID infection anywhere in the world from casual outdoor interactions, such as walking past someone on a street or eating in a nearby table. Okay, this is the New York Times. And we know they're lying to us on this. The fact that they're not willing to narrow and nuance their stuff. So we're supposed to believe the other stuff? See, this fool, of course, it's funny, at the end of the article, he's like, another ancillary detriment to what they're doing lying about outdoor transmission. He's saying it's causing people to just take off masks indoors, too, because they're just throwing the whole thing out. And, of course, they're very effective indoors. And what? So we're supposed to believe that? Of course, they're not. It's a big lie. Indoors, it doesn't do anything. Indoors, is a problem, but the masks don't help you. Outdoors, even if masks... Did, masking did help. You don't need it. That was clear from day one. But they'll never, ever go after the mask. They'll just question whether you need it outdoors. It's funny. This New York Times reporter is basically where the GOP is. Think about the profundity, folks, of this lie. They're lying to us about wearing masks outdoors, but we're supposed to believe somehow that indoors... Indoors is real science, really? Folks, as you well know, both CDC and WHO updated their guidance and they admit openly that aerosols traveling more than six feet and suspending in air are the big problem indoors and six feet doesn't work. That was like Moses bringing down the tablets. For, for an entire year, it was proven wrong. Oh, but no, not the mask. As we well noted, how small do you think something has to be to suspend in air and drift for a long period of time? Yeah, extremely small. Less than a micron. 
SARS-CoV-2 is about, on average, one-tenth of a micron. That is one-thirtieth the space between the holes of surgical masks, much less the gaps between your face and the mask on the side, much less, God knows, the level in, in cloth masks, which, you know, depending on which one it is, run the gamut, it could be one one-hundredth the size of those holes or one one-thousandth depending on what fabric you're using. And again, the New York Times wrote the same thing. They have a whole article on this, how it is basically the most crucial scientific advance in the pandemic, them realizing this. So number one, it further indicts what they're saying outdoors. It shows how easy it is to get it indoors. So how disgusting they were to foreclose the outdoors from people. But number two is, by definition, as we've had experts on the show again and again and again, once you admit that this is aerosols, which they are now fully admitting, and it took over a year when we were saying it long ago, masking is done. It is done. It is meaningless. Meaningless. All pain, all harm, mental, physiological, CO2 buildup, oxygen loss, terribly hard time learning and concentrating for kids, skin rashes, you name it. Nothing. No degree of efficacy. So that's the story. A complete and utter lie. Notice how the lies always land in the same direction. The misinformation always flows in the direction of more panic, more fear, and more government control while also boosting big pharma, but only to an extent, with the right balance, that it doesn't interfere with the control, right? Because if they were fully boosted big pharma, then vaccines would work and it's over with. Then again, maybe they're maximizing both by saying they work, but you need only, only if you get them every year. <laughs> Life and death policies were made based on these lies that were known to be wrong months ago. And we're to believe the remaining lies. We're to trust these same people on their data to vaccinate children for something that to begin with, there is zero risk in any meaningful way. We're to believe that. Folks, I wrote an article today documenting an important point. How stay-at-home orders lockdowns are the worst thing you can do in a pandemic. And particularly the way this virus seems to interact with the immune system. It is the worst possible thing you can do. I don't just mean what we're seeing now, the economic fallout and the inflation and the destruction of small businesses and the supply chain and mental health even. I'm not even talking about that. And the missed cancer screenings, which is insane, and the missed... Uh, you know, f um, vaccines that are real, like tuberculosis and things like that, throwing out real science, real um, medical advances, real medical screenings and medical care that, that is proven to help for non-pharmaceutical care that doesn't help. But it actually harms you in the worst way for COVID. It takes the worst elements of that make you vulnerable to COVID and it exacerbates every one of them. We've said this before, but I think it's worth reviewing. And the reason it's worth reviewing 
is because here we are. How many states have learned their lesson? Oh my God, look what we did. This can never happen again. So the masking we know is going to continue until, you know, God redeems us. But the lockdowns, people think, look, you know, even almost every blue state, they're done with it. You know, it's, it's really done. Everyone's everywhere. There's traffic everywhere. People are traveling. It's not true. If you listen to what they're saying, they're just saying, well, cases are down or the vaccines are working. They won't talk about herd immunity. The vaccines are, are working. But you know what that means? That means they're still admitting that this is what you do. It's worth doing, and it somehow helps, but we don't need it now. But this means that any time we get anything ever again, and that might even include the seasonal flu. I mean, Fauci's already saying that with masking. If we were ever to get rid of the masking from this, which I don't know if we will, that will bring it back. That He said, he said that on Sunday. Talk about that more maybe tomorrow on the lie of masking and the flu. But what is clear is that lockdown will continue. That is the new go-to policy. We have not really codified in any state to categorically foreclose this as an option. There are the best states, you know, the best five to seven states, but it's not that many did put a time limit on it, but this has not been eliminated. D.A. Henderson, the man who's credited for getting rid of smallpox, he was the former dean of Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. I've said this many times. He wrote a paper in 2006 making it very clear. He actually gamed out something like this. Like, what if everyone would just kind of like stay away from each other? What would happen? And he said that this mitigation measure should be eliminated from serious consideration. Experience has shown that communities faced with epidemics or other adverse events respond best and with the least anxiety when the normal social functioning of the community is least disrupted. Let me explain to you scientifically just a few ways that happens. Meaning not just, oh, you're going to have too much collateral damage. The damage is not worth the benefit. Number one, we've already proven there's no benefit, zero correlation. There has been dozens upon dozens of studies have shown zero correlation. And I have in my article a scatter diagram on that. But there's a couple, I want to list four things we've done adversely. Number one, like we're saying, we lock people down. The government did not put out the information that outdoors is not a problem. Some people got it on their own to an extent, but not fully, and a lot of people didn't get it at all. All the signs in the highways said, stay home, save lives. People took that literally. I have people in my neighborhood, I could tell you, and I'm sure you know as well, that literally do not go outside. Now, everyone's citing this um, working paper by Professor uh, Casey Mulligan. Uh, he wrote a paper for the National Bureau of Economic Research looking at all the evidence of household transmission versus workplace transmission. His main point is that we shut down workplaces which always have better filtration and put people, made people stay home for longer hours. And at the end of the day, he found that microevidence contradicts the public health ideal in which households would be places of solitary confinement and zero transmission. Instead, the evidence suggests that households show the highest transmission rates and that households are high-risk endings for transmission. 
Last year, data from the Massachusetts Department of Public Health showed 83% of cases resulted from household exposure. They looked at 21 venues of 21 different categories. Restaurants, food courts, retail, services, schools. None of them individually ever represented at a given time more than 2% of the share of cases. The 800-pound gorilla in the room was always household transmission. You had hospitals that were a little high, then public transportation. Everything else was nothing. You know, less than 2%, but it was always household transmission. Because the reality is, inevitably, even the people doing this crazy stuff have to go out somewhere sometime to get something. And when, if and when they inevitably do get it, now they're all home together. And it's more likely that you're going to have more secondary infections. It's really a secondary infections than had everyone just been going about their normal routine, as D.A. Henderson said. Just from the standpoint of being home, more confined in a smaller, less filtrated space for a longer period of time than they would have. Because the timing really does matter. Number two. Number two, weight gain. What happens, so this is both due to staying at home, the couch potato mentality, but also the fear and panic does that to people. Most people wind up eating more. Weight gain is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. No pun intended there. Okay? Particularly, you know, they said everyone's at risk. Really, it was seniors, but everyone's at risk. To the extent you find people under 65 who are at risk, the 800-pound gorilla in the room is obesity. CDC's own study from March found what they called a J-shaped relationship observed between continuous BMI and risk in terms of ICU admissions, ventilation, and death. Overall, 78% of the people in their study sample who were hospitalized with COVID were overweight or obese. 78% of those who were hospitalized. It's not everyone, but that is a major factor. And it gets it, it, it weighs even more, factors even more if you're younger. Right? Because older, the older you get and the sicker you get, there's other vulnerabilities. But if you're younger, this is really the ticket. If you wanna find someone who would be vulnerable, it's obesity. The result, according to the American um, Psychological Association, 61% experienced undesired weight gains during the COVID panic of last year, with the average weight gain being 29 pounds. Millennials reported gaining an average of 41 pounds. So younger people, could you imagine projecting forward the cascading long-term time bomb effects that that will have on heart disease, diabetes, endless stuff for years to come? But again, also How many more people wound up dying of COVID because of that or getting seriously ill that wouldn't otherwise have? We we literally fought a fire with a blowtorch with lighter fluid rather than a fire extinguisher. That's what we did. You couldn't have conjured up a way to actualize simultaneously the most COVID deaths and the most Response to COVID deaths, lockdown deaths at the same time. If you tried harder. Then there's exercise. This is very important. 
Some of you might think I'm repeating myself. Oh, you mean you get fat? No. This is a separate point even adjusting for BMI and other factors. You have two people who are thin. The person who is more physically active, okay? I'm sorry, or the person less physically active is 1.73 times more likely to die from COVID, according to a study of 48,000 published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. For people who are constantly inactive, meaning they're just couch potatoes, which the government grew exponentially through their policies at this very juncture when we needed people to be most active, as D.A. Henderson said, I mean, those words are prophetic. They are 2.49 times more likely to die, two and a half times more. L- listen to this language from the, again, this, this, this was an American, there were American researchers, like Texas, California researchers, but it was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Even after we included variables such as obesity and smoking, we still saw inactivity was strongly associated with much higher odds of hospitalization, ICU admission, and death compared with moderate physical activity or any activity at all. Okay? So two and a half times more likely if you're a couch potato on top of the obesity factor. They found that other than being over age 60 or having a history of organ transplants, being consistently inactive conferred the highest risk for death. Think about what the government did. They A, encouraged people to stay home. Very few of those people, there are people that, you know, they set up their home gyms. But anyone motivated to do that likely were the people that were always doing that. The people who really need it, meaning the people that don't, they're not gym people, they don't lift weights, they don't go on the treadmill, they don't work out, but they get an adequate, close to adequate amount of physical activity just from their day-to-day stuff. That's shut down, they're done. They closed gyms and even arrested gym owners. And then even when they allowed them to be open and in the places they allowed to be open, they had to wear a mask. They mandated masks in many places, even outdoors. Well, guess, guess what that does? It dissuaded people from, you guessed it, exercising. Another study, American study in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, is a separate one. They found that cloth face masks led to 14% reduction in exercise time and 29% reduction in VO2 max attributed to perceived discomfort associated with mask wearing. Compared with no mask, participants reported feeling increasingly short of breath and claustrophobic at higher exercise intensities while wearing cloth face masks. So guess what? A lot of them didn't exercise. Brilliant. Brilliant. And then, of course, I mean, I don't even need to repeat this, but the lack of sunshine, the lie of outdoor transmission, the lockdown... People, most Americans already are deficient these days in vitamin D, plummeted them, and there was no parallel effort to warn people, look, if you're staying home, make sure you take high-dose daily regimens of vitamin D. Nope, nope, wouldn't talk about it. Imagine if vitamin D, zinc, exercise, keeping your BMI up, sunlight, and by the way, sunlight also has qualities of killing it too, Um, That's part of the whole outdoor thing. It's not just the vitamin D. Imagine if that would have been the obsession 
the mask level obsession. Not just how much healthier we would have been in general, but how many fewer people would have had worse outcomes, including death, from COVID itself. Again, hell is not large enough to house these SOBs. Truly, truly disgusting. And then, of course, I mean, we didn't even get into all the other stuff going on here. The TB diagnoses that were missed. So we're pushing an unproven vaccine and unproven, now disproven lockdowns at the expense of other health care. Particularly children who, you know, are at risk for TB but are not at risk for this. This is from Jess, Dr. Jess Potter. Um, looks like a big liberal, but big liberal doctor. But she put out some interesting stuff on Twitter. WHO estimates that, that COVID-19 pandemic, I would argue it's our response to it, set us back 12 years in the fight against TB. Expected 20% increase in deaths. And um, there are actually now more people in the hospital in Great Britain for TB than there are for COVID-19. Think about that for a minute. And then, of course, there's the cancer stuff, the cancer screenings. It's just, it's, it's, it's truly heartbreaking. And that's going to be very long-term. This is from the UK Sun. Analysis of NHS England figures by the Times revealed, I guess the UK Times, 350,000 fewer people have been referred to referred by a general practitioner to a hospital. Around 1.85 million urgent cancer referrals were made by GPs between March 2020 and January 2021, a 16% drop from the year before. Around 20,300 fewer lung cancer referrals were made, 34,400 fewer breast cancers, 2,000 cases of child cancer are suspected to have been missed. 2,000. Again, how many kids died of COVID in, in England? I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, what is it, 50 or something? Who knows? But this is, um, this is where we are. We, we've been talking about it for 14 months, but this is something that needs to be reiterated because every red state needs a bill to ban this, to ban stay-at-home orders, okay? This is, this is what we need, and we have not gotten this. This is going to be a priority. It's something we, you know, we should put, push in our Liberty Strike Force teams at least in the special session, but certainly by next year. This is going to happen again because they have not admitted their mistake in a single instance. They just glide to our new guidance, which certainly reveals that they were wrong, and we're to believe them for the next thing. Don't worry, stick the needle in your kid, or else. Now, folks, so I don't end off the show on a sour, sour note, which unfortunately we often are forced to do in this era, I did want to bring a little bit of excitement in your life, something a little lighter, but it that is vitally important at the same time. We've been talking about our upcoming trip to Front Sight with constitutioncoach.com on May 30th. There's also a trip on June 6th as well. 
This is your last opportunity before the summer to get the best defensive handgun training that you could find on planet Earth at the most vital time we've ever had in this country to actually learn how to defend yourself. Now, we just have a couple days left to register. So I figured we'd bring on the Constitution coach himself to walk you guys through it. Rick Green is a former legislator in Texas. He runs Patriot Academy. They do so many good things, grassroots things, um, that I want to talk about a little bit today as well that you guys need to get involved with with your Liberty Strike Force teams. You could become a Constitution coach as well as learning how to defend yourself. Hey, Rick, thanks for joining us, and could you tell us a little bit about why people need to sign up for the May 30th trip? Hey, Daniel, great to be back with you, man, and thanks for what you do. I'm telling you, your uh, your show is vital, vital to patriots everywhere to get equipped and know what's going on, and I just appreciate you, man, and I've really enjoyed our working together on these constitutional defense trips. There's something magical about getting like-minded patriots together and having an opportunity to visit, to sharpen each other's counsel, to talk about ideas for the country, to learn about the Constitution, and then to top it off, to really learn how to use a handgun to defend your family well. And I know some of your listeners may hear that and go, man, I've never shot a gun in my life. I don't know if I'd want to do that. Most of the people that come with us have not shot a gun before. It's pretty surprising. Even though they're conservatives, they, they love the Second Amendment, they love the Constitution, but they've just never been around it and, and certainly never had real training. And uh, so I'm telling you, no matter where you're starting, uh, you will come to this program. You will have a great time. You'll have wonderful fellowship. You get to be around people without masks, get to see smiling faces. And, and actually, I think that's probably the one thing people compliment the most, not only the gun training and the Constitution training and all that, it really is the fellowship and, and, and the encouragement of knowing you're not alone. Uh, so I just really encourage people to check it out. And if you want to come hang with Daniel, which is really awesome, Daniel will be speaking uh, during the event. You'll get to hang with him on the range. That's going to be the May 30th class. And that one, we've only got 48 hours left for registration. Uh, the June 6th one is right after that. You're still welcome to register for that one. That'll be the last one, as Daniel said, before it gets too hot in the summer. But um, it, there's just a, I, I can't describe it well enough, honestly, Daniel. People always tell me, you undersold this. It's so much better than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's impossible to describe. It, it's a wonderful, wonderful time. Uh, and it's important. I mean, you've got to know how to defend your family. Don't be that person that regrets it, that you didn't get the training you needed. Uh, the world is becoming less and less safe. The streets of America are becoming less and less safe. So that training is really important. Uh, but the Constitution training is maybe even more important, certainly for the future of the country. And I just encourage people to check it out at constitutioncoach.com and come join us. This will be what this will be your third time, fourth time. Okay, I'm trying to remember. Third time going with the group, fourth time in total. I mean, it, every time it doesn't get old, and that's the thing. Even even the basic class, you know, I'm going to go out with your guys, have a day, take a little bit more advanced tactical training. Really looking forward to that. But even the basic defense training, it's like anyone could do it. But on the other hand, you can never take it too many times right um i mean you could never practice taking headshots from the holster time shots seven yards enough i mean it doesn't matter how many times you've taken even the combat courses it's just it's great but th at the same time if you haven't been exposed to more shooting um this certainly everything is new i i also like the instructors a lot you know what i mean like oh yeah they're very thorough they always catch your mistakes to try to improve you but it's not like a boot camp. Right. They're funny. They, you know, it's family oriented. Uh, people really enjoy that. They enjoy the company. What sort of 
things should people know to just bring with them? What sort of advice do you have? I've found that it probably is worth flying with a gun. It's not that big of a deal. People think it is. It's better to train on the gun that you're used to. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. If you if you already have a gun that you know you're going to carry, uh, then bring that and train with that, unless it's what they call a pocket pistol. If it's really small, you don't want to do this training with that gun. You want to train with a, a larger version of that gun and then work on uh, the, the smaller version. So you can you can check with us when you go to the register. We'll we'll work you through that and and find out what your situation is. You can rent a gun if you want if you don't want to have to mess with TSA or you don't have a gun yet and you're not sure what you want to what you want to use. But if you already have a carry weapon, absolutely TSA is is much easier these days than it was just a few short years ago. It's pretty quick. You don't have to get there that much earlier, um, and it's not that much later when you when you pick it up um, at the at the carousel. So um, yeah, I, I highly recommend using your own gun if you can. Um, I was going to say, too, on the instructors, I think you're right. I think that's kind of part of the secret sauce with FrontSight is that these instructors are trained so well, and it's so different from, you know, typically if you go to a local training place, it's somebody that's a professional shooter or former special ops or whatever, and they spend most of their time showing you what they can do instead of showing you what you can do. These guys don't do that at all. They don't show off at all. Yep. You, don't, you have no idea how good they are. I do because I train a lot with them, but they are amazing. But they make it, like you said, fun. They're, they're lectures. I, you know, you're a speaker. I'm a speaker. I was blown away. I did not expect guys that were going to train me on how to use a handgun to be such good speakers. I mean, they act, they absolutely keep you engaged. And it's just a great time. And I will say, it's a family thing. So if you've got 11 years old and up, can go and actually do the training on the range. So as long as they're coming with their parent, you can bring the kiddos, too. And, and that really, I mean, I've had some of my best father-daughter time, father-son time out there having a good time, just basically unplugging from the world around us and enjoying some family time and some fellow Patriot time while getting some really good training. Um, so yeah, I, I think too, Daniel, just, just, um, you know, planning ahead, getting there in time to enjoy the constitution training. We start with the classroom on Sunday night of this May 30th trip, and we have a crash course on the constitution. So come ready to learn. Uh, you don't have to have known anything about that. A lot of people say, I love the constitution, but they've never done a course or they've never, you know, really studied. And so we really encourage people uh, to, to be prepared to do that because they're going to leave with some intellectual ammunition uh, that's going to help them restore the Constitution in their communities. That's a really important part of what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. And again, just two more days for the May 30th, yeah. a couple more days for the June 6th. Then we're not going to have it again till the fall. Um, but, you know, I, I think people need to bring with them the best thing is to try to bring your gear, get a good tactical belt and holster um, so you'll enjoy the experience. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash CR. That's my promo code there. And come with your handgun unless it's one of these itty-bitty things. Make sure you at least have 12, maybe 15 rounds in your uh, round, round capacity. Bring three of them. Um, that way you could really enjoy the experience. I'd also say for women, you know, they, they market these ridiculously small pistols to them, I guess for carry. But when you're, when you're doing this type of training, you want a good duty pistol. Um, and you know, often I see the women have a hard time racking the slide back. Maybe they could do it enough just to load, but when you're constantly doing malfunctions that's and things right. like that, you want you want a bigger one. So that's just one thing I've learned this past time. But what about ammo? Um, that's tough to bring with you. Yeah, you know, 500 rounds or so. Sometimes you need for for the four day course. Um, how do people get that? Yeah, uh, two things real quick. Uh, first on the holster, I absolutely agree. Get a good, you know, Kydex outside the waistband holster. 
we the people holsters are not i mean 50 bucks and you're going to be set up with a really good holster that will make you and you'll enjoy the class so much more if you have that smooth uh presentation and uh and and, and it just it's well worth it so get that ordered uh you'll get it in time and then um like you said on the ammo it's tough to find ammo right now they have it there at front site it's not it's you know ammo's outrageous everywhere compared to what it was a year ago but front size prices are not any you know, different than what you're going to pay most other places. So you can check ammo. I think most airlines allow up to 11 pounds as long as it's in an original uh, box. But, you know, you're going to need, if you're doing the full five-day course with us, you'll need about 450 to 500 rounds. If you're doing the three-day course, you'll need about 150 to 200 rounds. And, uh, and it, it, yeah, it's, it's, for me, it's easier. I just buy it when I get out there just because it's easier traveling. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so they could order it through front site. Um, you know, again, obviously everything is going up nowadays because of Venezuela, uh, becoming America, becoming Venezuela, but the reality is given what it is and the experience you have, you know, I'd advise that people can make, make a trip out of it, make a vacation. You could see, I mean, it is kind of getting hot if you want to visit death Valley or Sierra Nevada, um, or some of the other mountains, um, you know, further East there. Uh, but you know, this is very rigorous. So you'd want to do that a few days before, a few days afterwards. And you know, that look like anything else, things are going up, car rentals are going up, everything's going up. Um, but the price of the training is 90% off. Is that right? It's, it's significant. I mean, normally if you go to Frontside's website, this five day class we're doing, it's actually their four day handgun class plus our constitution day. Um, it costs 2000 bucks on their website right now today. But if you come with us, it's only one ninety nine, so it's ten percent. I mean, it's ten percent of what the normal cost is for the three day class. That's a thousand dollars on their website. You get it for ninety nine bucks with us, and uh, so yeah, it's significant savings. That's way less than what you'd spend even with a local trainer. And and the facility is amazing. It's it's an incredible place, and like we we're saying, the instructors are, are incredible. And you're just not going to get this kind of fellowship and that magical combination of the Constitution training and the handgun training together. Together, I'm telling you, Daniel, we've taken literally thousands of people through this course with us and i've never had anybody say i wish i hadn't done that they all love it it's well worth the time and the investment of the travel and everything else you will be so glad you came and and to your point earlier about doing it over and over again you know the professionals will tell you look you're going to drop to 50 percent of your most recent training in a situation because of the adrenaline and everything else so we do recommend people you know consider training at least once a year uh, but get started. This will, I'm telling you, you, any any concerns you have about, well, is it safe or I've never done this, I promise you we've had people literally 89 years old that never fired a gun before that enjoyed the course and went through the whole five days. So it's it's a great experience, constitutioncoach.com. And, and here's another cool thing, Daniel. We, we will be working on your uh, ConAction teams. We're, so when you come to this class, we're going to have in-person time to be able to talk about how to get plugged in with Daniel's ConAction teams. And, uh, and be involved in those things. You can become a constitution coach. You can just really get more involved in being a part of the solution. It's, it's kind of, the, it's kind of the, the jumping off point. I mean, this is the place. If you've been thinking, I want to do something, I'm tired of just listening, I want to do something, this is the place to do it. This is the place to do it, obviously, this time of year. But you have stuff all, really all year that you're working on. Could you, in just a couple minutes remaining time, describe some of your newest projects special people especially people of college age kids that they want to matriculate into the ranks of god given values constitutional values rather than the garbage they 
they get uh, in some of these universities. What are you working on? Yeah, man, we are countering uh, that Marxist poison, and we're doing it in several ways. Uh, one of our, our newest programs, only a couple years old, is the Constitution Coach Program, and we're up over 7,000 Constitution Coaches out there all over the country hosting these classes in their living room and at their church or synagogue or wherever. They get together with people. It can be five people. Some people do it with several hundred people, and they use our videos. You don't have to know anything about it. We train you on how to do it. And you just play the video and then get the discussion going. And it's giving people massive hope and action steps for what to do. And then the youth program you're talking about, that's actually our flagship. I started that back when I was a legislator to help raise up a new generation of leaders that really understand the Constitution, that understand biblical worldview, that actually will go into the culture and be a positive light and be effective at what they're doing. So it's really a leadership training, but we do it at state capitals across the country. So they're sitting in the real House floor chair, in the real committee rooms, debating at the microphones. Uh, really learning the legislative process while also learning the leadership skills and the constitution skills. And we've got three of those happening this summer. Normally we have seven, but because of COVID, we can't get in some of the states we're in uh, normally. But we'll be in Idaho. That's our Northwest Academy in Boise in June. We'll be in Delaware, believe it or not, in July. And then we'll be in Texas for our big National Academy the first week of August. And those programs are life-changing. 16 to 25-year-olds get to come and be a legislator for the week, 16 to 25. If you're outside that range, you can still come to the National Academy and go on the Constitution Coach Conference track and go testify in committee and get to be in all the lectures and all that kind of stuff. But you don't get to be a legislator. We save that for the 16 to 25-year-olds. And where could people go again to find more about that? PatriotAcademy.com. All righty. So PatriotAcademy.com for those programs the Constitutional Defense Training Program uh, later on this month. The next month will be constitutioncoach.com. Look, Rick, as as you set out in Frontside a couple weeks ago, um, what this is all about is creating our very own super spreading events where we spread liberty, spread patriotism, spread God-given uh, values and, and rights and ideals. Uh, this this is the super spreading we need. There's only one side spreading their poison. We need to combat that. This is the way to go. Again, sign up, constitutioncoach.com. Rick, we'll have you back next time. Thanks for joining us, and thank you all for joining me today. We are way out of time, but this was worth it till tomorrow. God bless you all, and thank you for listening. 